Good morning. It is Kale and Company Live right here on WKXL, nhtalkradio.com. Great to have you with us on this Thursday morning. We are presented by Northeast Delta Dental with individual and family plans designed to fit your lifestyle. Learn more and find your plan at Delta Dental Covers Me. Uh, We have uh, State Senator uh, Tim Lang in the studio right now. Good morning to you, Tim. Good morning, Ken. And then we'll be talking with Tim uh, a little bit later on. Tim, you can chime in if you'd like. But our our first guest uh, of the morning in the leadoff spot today is uh, Red Sox Hall of Famer Rico Petroselli. And always a delight to have you with us, Rico. Great to be with you, Kenny. We go way back. Don't way we? back. Way back. Yes. <laughs> back longer than you know. I got to tell you, I got to tell uh, Tim, who's in studio, and, and all of our listeners that uh, you provided me with with a memory I will never forget. I mean, my, my I think my the favorite my favorite day of my entire life was October first, nineteen sixty seven. And Rico, oh, yeah. Rico was playing shortstop for the Red Sox, and uh, you know the Red Sox came out of nowhere. I mean, 1966 finished a half game out of last place. The Yankees finished last that year, but in '67, the impossible dream year, and Rico was out there shortstop for the Red Sox, and he caught the final out, the 27th <laughs> out in the ninth inning, the pop up off the bat of Rich Rollins, and I know it's a moment you'll never forget, Rico. Oh, yeah. Uh, I claim the fame. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but you had many. No. You had many. But uh, th- that was such a terrific day. I mean, really. It, and, oh, it was exciting. Yeah. It was exciting. And, uh, yeah, I'll never forget that year. You know, it's uh, way back when. But uh, you're right. And I, I still c- come across people who, who um, you know, mention it and we talk about it. And it's, uh, it's great. So, I was very fortunate to be in a couple of World Series. The '75 was another good one. Unfortunately, we you know we lost both of them, but but there were, those were both great years. You know, some say, we, right, Ken? What's that? <laughs> some, some say Rico, and and I I would have a tendency to agree with them. Some say the '75 series, even though the Red Sox lost, was probably the best of all time, all the way around. Well, it was great. Uh, two two outstanding teams, especially offensively. Um, I thought we had better pitching overall than the, the Cincinnati, but they were a great team. Uh, uh, you know, with Rose and, and uh, Morgan and the rest of them, they were a lot of Hall of Famers. And uh, you know, they they just uh, we there was a lot of hitting, which meant there were a lot of great plays. And uh, a lot of action in all every single game, and uh, I tell you, it was so exciting you couldn't wait to get to the ballpark. And, uh, and, and you know, a lot of people don't remember this, but I know you will, Rico. That uh, that game six, which is you know one of the most talked about games in history, the Carlton Fisk walk off home run. That game was actually delayed like three days be- because of rain. Yes. Yeah, and a lot I of people don't that, remember you know that. What? I think that hurt us more than anything. We we could have really won that. Uh, we were on a roll. We beat them. Uh, Billy was pitching a heck of a game. You know, uh, uh, Teon started. I mean, uh, all of a sudden, we lose that momentum. Three days. We worked out. The team worked out at uh, Tufts, Tufts University. 
uh, their their uh, facility there, right. and it's just not the same, you know. And then we come back, but they were a great team too. I mean, uh, yep. you know, Johnny Bench, my God, you know, they, they, what a player. Oh, so, but it was great, you know. I look back the experience, and uh, it was wonderful. I yeah. still follow the Sox. I, I still follow them, uh, sure. good or bad. You, you know, know, and last year was was not good. Unfortunately, recently it's been mostly bad. I mean, Rico, can you imagine three last place finishes in the last four years? I mean, that's that's not the Red Sox. No, yeah. no, and uh, I think they're going to you know, try to do something about it. But uh, they they made the deal, uh, which was a little surprised at. Now, surprised the Yankees were giving up uh, the young pitchers because <laughs> they certainly need pitching too. But they want to load up on more left handed hit uh, left handed hitters. You know, they got Soto. Who's a heck of a oh, yeah. hitter, yeah. ball player from San Diego, and uh, and of course uh, with the trade with the Red Sox. So we'll see what happens. But the Sox still need uh, more pitching. And uh, can you know nowadays if uh, things have changed? You got to have a great bullpen because starters or no starters, they go five innings, six innings at most, and so you're going to work your bullpen and. Boy, I would I would load up my triple A team with the bullpen guys, <laughs> yeah, all bullpen, and have them ready to come up uh, if you know if, if needed. Oh, absolutely! But uh, at least they're on the right track. Well, let's let's hope so, Rico. I, let, the Yankees, uh, in order to get Verdugo and Soto, have had to give up seven pitchers over the last two days. Uh, yeah, <laughs> isn't that something? Yeah, uh, I'm I'm really surprised because. They they need pitching just as bad as the yeah. certainly every team does, but just as bad as the Red Sox. Uh, but but I tell you, we know we talk pitching all the time. Everybody, we need pitch, we need pitching. But you also need hitting. You know, you know your pitching staff. If they have a four point something uh, ERA overall, you know starters, and that means you got to score five runs a game. Yep, and that's not so easy. <laughs> no, so so don't uh, you know. Uh, think that you don't need the hitting as well. So the so like I said, you know they got, they got a lot of work ahead of them. Yep, yeah, no doubt. But the Yankees with those two left-handed bats now, Verdugo and Soto, uh, you know they they didn't have too much uh, left-handed power, and that's a, a ballpark as you know, Rico, built for left-handed oh. batters more so now I think than ever before. Boy, eighty-one games, you know, just like Fenway, eighty-one games at home. And uh, Verdugo will probably have more home runs, of course. Soto, if he if he comes back, um, <laughs> this guy's a heck of a hitter. So, you know, yeah, they they want to. Uh, some of the other players are getting a little older too. So, you know, uh, yeah, yeah, you play eighty one games in one ballpark, boy. You want to you want to have some guys that can hit the ball out of the ballpark, and, and uh, yeah, so it's perfect. That that was a rare deal between the Red Sox and the Yankees. Only you know, only seven deals between the Red Sox and the Yankees, Rico, in the last fifty years. Seven. Yeah. Yeah. Wait. Who who got the better deals? Uh, let's see. They got uh, Clemens. Uh, <laughs> <Bob>. <laughs> yeah. And, and who else? But but and, uh, where were you, Rico, in 1972 <laughs> when the Red Sox traded Sparky Lyle for Danny Cater? <laughs> Oh God, I was I I was shocked. 
<laughs> what was it? What did you say? Who was traded? <laughs> You're kidding me. Wait a minute. Yeah, In yeah. fact, he was on, we had a little basketball team in the, in the offseason, and Sparky was on that team. The next thing we know, hey, Sparky, by the way, you've been traded. Oh, my goodness. Where? The Yankees? Oh, my God. And sure, and he had, uh, <laughs> had some great years for them. Geez, I wonder who got the better of that one, Rico, huh? Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, the trades, you never know, you know, yeah, how, yeah. how they're going to turn out. The same thing, Ken, with the, uh, and you know, with the minor leaguers, you have these prospects. Oh, we got the greatest prospects. You got four pitchers. If you, one of them makes it, oh, that's, yeah. that's pretty good. You hope one makes it. So you, you don't know how that's going to turn out. Very, but, uh, very true. And, and do you think, you know, I, I sometimes think, I wonder if Sparky Lyle would have had the same kind of Hall of Fame career with the Red Sox as he did with the Yankees. I mean, given the, the parameters of the ballpark. Uh, yeah. Yeah, you know? I'll tell you, he had one of the great, uh, call it a slider or a uh, cut fastball, but uh, I, I think it was more of a slider, but it broke late. And I, you know, I faced him when he went over there, and it was to get the head of the bat, out, you know, out in front. You couldn't do it. You'd have to. You'd have to hit your knee. That ball came in <laughs> just right near the plate, and then bang, inside to a, a, a right-handed hitter. And holy, I said, "Geez, yeah, we made another good trade." <laughs> but you know it's funny Rico because Danny Cater as as a visiting player had had tremendous success at Fenway over the years. Yes, yeah. He was a good uh you know uh line drive hitter, yeah. uh, singles, doubles. Uh and Danny uh well, you know, he he was just a good hitter, not too good at first baseman, but you know, you hope that they do the job. That's all. You yeah. get the but you need production. It's it's all it's all a gamble these, these deals. But yeah. but uh, Rico Petroselli, Red Sox Hall of Famer, is with us, and we want to talk to Rico about uh, an endorsement uh, he he made uh, a, a little while back. So hang in there, Rico, and uh, we'll be right back. Have to take a quick break. Rico Petroselli is with us. Tim Lang will be with us in just a few minutes right here on WKXL, nhtalkradio.com. We are presented by Northeast Delta Dental. Stay with us. Welcome back. Kale and Company live for a Thursday. The great Rico Petroselli, Red Sox Hall of Famer, is with us. Always a delight to have uh, Rico on the show. And uh, Rico, I, I know uh, uh, during his campaign, you you endorsed uh, General Bolduck, and uh, he was mm-hmm. a, he was a terrific candidate. And uh, now you have endorsed uh, Kelly Ayotte for governor of New Hampshire. Absolutely, yes. Uh, <laughs> we go way back. I know Kelly. We. Uh we campaigned for her when she in her first senatorial race, and uh, she's just a great person. Um, and she she's really honest, and, and she has a lot of integrity. Plus, the fact you know, can she she's been a senator, uh, attorney general. I mean, who's more you know able to do the job than her? Um, 
And she's she's tough, you know. She's uh, when I say tough, she cares about the people, the people of New Hampshire. And she says she wants to keep New Hampshire safe, prosperous, and free. And I tell you, with all the things that are happening in the country, and, uh, you know, New Hampshire was voted the safest place, the safest state in the country. And so she wants to keep that going because we have a great uh, police force here in the state and uh, state state troopers. Uh, and so it's just so important to keep that thing go, keep it going because people are really worried, especially with uh, you know a lot of uh, people coming into the country now. So, but uh, she's terrific. Uh, you know, we go way back uh, with her family. Geez, I remember the kids I saw a photo they, when they were little little shrimps. Yeah, and now they're <laughs> <laughs> they've grown, and uh, you know. It, it, it's just great. I really, I really believe she can do the job. She's the person for the job. So uh, she's not only a great person, but she's so qualified. Uh, you know, so I, I think she's she should be our governor. Well, I, I tell you, she has served the uh, the state uh, very well over the years, as you mentioned, as uh, attorney general and governor, uh, and a senator, I should say, and, and running for governor now. And uh, she's very, uh, very blessed to have uh, your endorsement, uh, Rico. Well, you know, the, one of the things, uh, you know, I got the four sons, they got grandkids, nine grandkids. I'm concerned, and I'm concerned about the future and what, what grandparent, uh, you know, is uh, about their grandchildren. So, you know, we, we want to keep it prosperous. We want to keep it free. And, uh, you know, we need good people, uh, you know, our politicians uh, who care for the people, the people. And, uh, and and she's that person, you know. You know, the one thing, Ken, when I was uh, working with um, uh, the general, is I don't, I don't want to knock... You know, the competition. I want. I want our uh, our prospects, as you will, like a baseball analogy, uh, to tell the people what what they they are going to do right for yep. the state or the country. You know, not what, not necessarily just you know constantly saying what the other person didn't do or doesn't do. What are you going to do? What are, What are you going to do for for the state for the country? And I, I know, you know, she's done it. She's been there, and she's she's qualified. I guess, yeah, absolutely, and homegrown from uh, Nashua. So, oh, terrific! Yeah, she's a terrific woman. Yeah, great, great family. Yeah. So. She she is, and I I've met Kelly on a number of uh, occasions, and uh, you know I certainly wish her her the best. Uh, she does uh, make a, a great candidate, and yeah. uh, I know you'll be out on the stump for her, Rico. Yes, I told her, I said, you know, whatever I can do uh, to help out if I can. And uh, by the way, she's a big Red Sox fan, too. Yeah, yeah, big sports (laughs) fan in general, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I I think in her day, a very good athlete herself. Yes, yes. Yeah, Yeah, no, she's she's great. I had some great talks with her. By the way, when she was running for the first time for the senator, we were at the, not well, we were at the ballpark, but we were, you know that street that you can walk up to the ballpark right across from uh, MUR? Yep. And we were in the parking lot. Yep. Campaign. Yep. <laughs> yep. Commercial Street, yeah. Yep. 
<laughs> she, she was great. She was all over the place. Yeah. So oh, she's yeah. a worker, too. So. Oh, yeah. No, no <laughs> doubt about it. She's had uh, a terrific career so far and uh, yeah. and, and would like to be uh, the next governor uh, of the yeah. state of, of New Hampshire. So uh, so there you go. And uh, that that is a, a yeah. great endorsement from you. Uh, Rico Petroselli, somebody that uh, you're somebody that uh, everybody respects and has a great a deal of admiration for. So uh, she is very fortunate to have you uh, in her corner for sure. Well, I'm happy to be there, and uh, great talking with you. Um, uh, you know, you're talking about. By the way, uh, as you know, uh, Joe Castiglione won the. The, what, what is it? The, the Ford Award? Ford Fricker Award, yes, yeah. The Ford, Ford, Ford Frick. Frick. That, yeah. That's a tremendous oh. honor. Yep. Ken Harrelson, I think, uh, the Hawk, I talked with him. He, I think he won it last year. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, he and uh, Joe's been there for, what, 35 years. Oh, more? Oh, and no. Yeah, yeah. That, 40? I don't know. Yeah. It's so many years. Yeah. I mean, uh, he really deserves it. He really deserves oh, it. Oh, he does. He's uh, he's, he's, he's terrific. terrific. He has done so yeah, much. Yeah, good guy. His voice is just synonymous uh, with the yeah. Red Sox. It wouldn't be a summer afternoon uh, listening to the Sox on the radio without Joe Castiglione. I mean, that uh, he I think he it took over. He joined Ken Coleman in uh, 19, mm-hmm. 1983. So uh, think wow. about that. huh? Wow. That's, uh, yeah, 40, that's a lot of years. 40 years. Yeah. 40 All years. the traveling, huh? Wow. Yeah. I know the traveling, yeah. I don't know if he's written a book. I'm, I'm surprised uh, if he hasn't, but I, I don't remember uh, him writing a book because he yeah. would certainly have a, a lot of memories. There was a, at one point, uh, I mean, I remember he, he was talking about on the radio one day that he had called every start of uh, Roger Clemens' career. Yeah, yeah, wow. Yeah, you know, up yeah. until up until a point, you know, and uh, but uh, you know he had, he had been there for every start. You know, did the two twenty strikeout games that, uh, mm-hmm. that Clemens had. Uh, you know, so uh, he's had, he, has so many memories. Yeah, yeah, it was good. He's excellent. I thought the interviewer. Yep. You know, kept a good flow going. We're talking broadcasting too now, yeah. but you know, but it's, you know what I mean. it's funny. You you remember when uh, when the Hawk did uh, uh, Ken Harrelson did the games on Channel Four in Boston with Dick Stockton? Uh, yeah, yeah, and and you know what I I thought. It's funny. I thought Hawk was a great analyst on the Red Sox telecast. You know, I really did. And and yeah, I always was. say to people, he taught me as an analyst. Just listening to him taught me more about pitching than any other analyst I've ever heard. And of course, he was not a pitcher, uh, but uh, you know, he uh, he was a, a great you know analyst of mm-hmm. pitching. You know? Yes. Yeah. Well, a lot of times that, that, that because you have to study as a hitter, you, sure. you study pitchers. Yeah. And uh, you know, you ask p- pitchers a lot of questions. We used to ask our own pitchers; they could see us better than we could see ourselves. We didn't have as much uh, video then, but still, you know, you say, "Well, what's, what, what am I? What am I? Well, you know, this this they're setting you up. You know, they're coming inside and going away. Blah. You know, whatever it might be. And uh, boy, it really helped. And they used to come to us too, you know, to talk about the the hitters, what, what are hitters thinking of, and so on, you know. So they help each other out now. But now there's so much video, yeah. And there's coaches, there's I don't know, three or four coaches for, you know, hitting coaches, the pitching coaches, and all that stuff. So, you know, they 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 actually look at the, their at bat 
right after they, you know, right after they come back to the dugout. Yep. Oh, they, exactly. they all have yeah. computers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You see, you see the hitters looking at their laptops between at bats. You know these. Yeah. Guys, yeah. <laughs> well, you know what? They have the video uh, of the pitcher. That pitcher, if, if he faces them again, they can look back at the previous game he pitched against sure. them and yeah. see how they pitched him there. So, yeah. you know, it's, 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 uh, boy, I would have liked to have had that too. What the heck? Why not? Yeah, really. Yeah, I, I remember uh, Ken Harrelson's first game as a member of the Red Sox was at Yankee Stadium in the oh yeah in that August doubleheader. In fact, I I was there. It was uh, I remember uh, Jim Lomborg beat Mel Stottlemyer in the first game, one to nothing. And then, yeah. and then in the, the second game, Ken Harrelson made his debut and uh, hit a home run in his first Red Sox at bat off <laughs> Bill Mambo Kett. Mambo. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. Yeah. yeah. That, but he, yeah. he was something. Uh, and Hawk, oh, yeah. Hawk Harrelson won it last year, and uh, Joe Castiglione this year, the Ford Frick Award. So richly yeah. deserved for, for both of them. And Rico, Absolutely. you know, our time is much too short. We'll have to get you back again uh, real soon before you head south uh, for uh, for the winter. And uh, it's always great to chat with you and catch up with you, and, and we'll do it again soon. We'll get you oh, on when, uh, when Tom Raffio is on the show. And, oh, and that'd be great, yeah. really. Thanks for having me. Yeah, all right, Thank Rico. You, Thank you, all and right. happy holidays. And you too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. The great Rico Petroselli. Red Sox Hall of Famer and uh, one of the great what a, what a terrific guy and uh, certainly does a lot of uh, great work uh, throughout the state of New Hampshire we will uh, take a break Kale and Company continues right here on WKXL NHTalkRadio.com we have another great in the studio State Senator Tim Lang and he'll join us right after this timeout. we will be right back Welcome back. Kale and Company live here on WKXL, nhtalkradio.com. Again, thanks to Rico Petroselli for being with us. And now, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, we welcome New Hampshire State Senator Tim Lang to the program. Tim, great to have you back on the show. Great to be here, Ken. Thanks for having me. Uh, it's always wonderful in the morning to uh, hang out with you. It, it is great to have you here. You showed up early. Uh, I, 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 I saw on Facebook, Tim, that you had uh, quite an odyssey getting back from New York the other day. Yeah, I missed the last train out of the city. I was on a policy panel down there for the day with a bunch of other legislators from other states, and I missed the last train out of the city. So I ended up getting stuck in the city for the night, no change of clothes, nothing. And I got home. It was all good. I had to wait till the next morning, worked it all out. But uh, yeah, it was a little bit of an odyssey, but a great event down in New York. Well, well, that's good. And uh, you, you're all over the place doing all kinds of events. I, I know, I, I think you've met all the remaining Republican candidates for president. Yeah, and last week was a great week. I got to meet every single one of them, had private meetings with all of them. And, you know, uh, I, I, met, I met with DeSantis, I met with uh, Nikki, and I met with Christy. Um, great time with all of them. I didn't get to meet with Vivek, and, and of course, Trump rarely comes to New Hampshire. So uh, when you do, it's not about private meetings, it's about the, the show. Yep, uh, I guess he's coming back uh, next weekend as well to the uh, to the Whittemore Center uh, in uh, in Durham. But at any rate, uh, so five candidates remain. Uh, Trump 
is, uh, you know, uh, the, the, the leader by uh, many percentage points. Uh, and uh, so how do you think this is all going to play out? Well, so the debate was great last night. So uh, the, uh, it was interesting. But again, Trump not being on a stage. I'm just amazed that New Hampshire and and doesn't hold him accountable for not showing up and answering the questions right and, and doing the work and earning the vote that all the other candidates are doing right so all the other candidates are are showing up doing their town halls um you know answering questions sticking around for the photo ops and everything else and, yeah. and trump seems to get a buy on that and, and and hold the lead so i am surprised new hampshire voters aren't a little more peed off but but not only new hampshire voters but you know polls around the country show that he is the clear winner i mean the clear leader right now anyway uh, yeah, absolutely the polls are showing that number again i think It'll be interesting to see if the polling now actually matches the actual election. Uh, I think yeah. sometimes there might be a little bit of uh, when you get in the ballot box. You know, the one thing about Trump is he has a little side to him. that So the, I don't know how many people are currently now saying, I'm going to vote for him. And then when they get in the ballot box, might be doing something different. So who won the debate last night, in your opinion? Well, I, I think the, you know, as I run through, I think Vivek was the biggest loser in the event. Oh, really? I think, yeah. yeah, I think that in the end, he, he just came across, and as he has in the last few debates, a little, you know, aggressive and obnoxious. Mm-hmm. Um, the uh, I think DeSantis held his own, if not maybe did a little better. Nikki, again, held her own. I don't think there was a great moment. I actually think the surprise guy was Christie last uh-huh. night. Yeah. Um, in that he just came out, and he was... Uh, you know, defended Nikki, which was an odd thing for him to do. Uh, and when Vivek was attacking her on on personal issues, on personal, on you know, intelligence, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think Christie was probably the surprise for the night. Um, uh, but everybody else kind of held their own, with the exception of Vivek. I think he continues to see the slide. It seems in this state that uh, Nikki Haley is is gaining more traction than any of the other remaining candidates. Absolutely. I think that's correct. I mean, it's weird. We've seen this dynamic where, where DeSantis came out really high early and has just been on a slow, slutty, steady slide. Um, and I think that people are sliding over towards Nikki, the ones that are moving off. Same with Vivek. Started out pretty quick, pretty high, and then all of a sudden is sliding down. So I think Nikki's been a beneficiary of that. Um, but she's, again, earning the vote. She's out there. She was in my district up in Meredith at Twin Barns Brewery. Um, and she stayed late the answering yeah. every question taking the photo with the voter you know whatever you know a- answering the questions that didn't get asked or in the, o- the open town hall she stayed around and let them ask personally right just great yeah uh, she seems to be uh, very personable and uh, very interactive with and with the voters and uh, that's what new hampshire is all about that's why we have the first in the nation primary and glad we still do and uh, you know because it is a state where uh, you know it's really grassroots politics at its best here in new hampshire absolutely again i i love the fact that you know no other state senator in another state probably had the access that i did to the candidates right in new hampshire the, they 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 chat with us they'll sit down and, and call you and say hey can we have 10 minute coffee together right and talk i want to answer your questions see what see what you think and um and that's phenomenal uh, and that's true of all in new hampshire i think there's that old joke about the new hampshire voters says hey what do you think about so-and-so he goes i don't know i've only met him twice yeah. i haven't made a decision yet <laughs> you know right right and, and and i think that's uh amazing that uh that the joe biden is not even involved in the new hampshire primary not even on the ballot can i i just can't conceive of that it's just unbelievable to me talk about a political move right I mean this is just that's a straight pure politics it, it, and and the and the fact that he was just 
thumbing his nose at New Hampshire um, for South Carolina is just amazing. And then the amount of efforts the Democrats are doing to like fix it for them, you know, because they realize what a disaster that is for for the Democrats in New Hampshire. And so uh, it's just amazing, both both the fact that he's completely, you know, thumbed his nose at New Hampshire and then the amount of effort the Democrats are doing with this write-in campaign to get him, you know, so he doesn't embarrass himself. I think it's further proof of uh, how intelligent New Hampshire voters are, because he was fifth last time around <laughs> in, in the uh, Democratic primary, and, and really w- was on the, the on the brink of, of, of leaving the election before uh, leaving the primary uh, campaign uh, before South Carolina came along. Yeah, and New Hampshire had a pretty good uh, pulse on that one. Yeah, <laughs> I would have to say. Uh, Tim Lang is with us, state senator, first term as as a senator. Um, you're going to do it again? Are you going to try oh, to do it again? Yeah, absolutely. I did three terms in the House. Yeah. I ended up as my last term as chair of Fish and Game, and over in the Senate now as chair of Ways and Means and serving on the Education Committee. I absolutely love the Senate, um, working with the senators, and uh, you get to work with both sides on a regular basis. So that's really nice. What What is the difference between being in the Senate and uh, being in the House of Representatives? I only have to deal with 23 different personalities, oh, not okay. 399 <laughs> personalities. <laughs> there you go. That that would make a big difference. So what kind of legislation do you have coming up for the next session? Oh, well, lots of good stuff. So I'm bringing back my driver's ed bill. I think I might have it this time where okay. parents will be able to uh, teach their own kid right now. Parents are waiting six to eight months to get their kid into a driver's education course. We just don't have enough uh, instructors and those kind of things. And so um, it costs is now breaching over a thousand bucks for a driver's ed class, yeah. um, and so it puts it out of reach for some families. Um, so I bid an alternative where um, where there's some online classrooms, some enhanced road um, uh, skills testing that will offset the fact that we won't go to a commercial driver's ed. But but parents will always maintain that choice. They can go, and if they go, they get the insurance discount, or they can choose the other path, which is the alternative alternative to driver's ed. Yeah. So, so what is the the law state now? What would you like to see changed? Sure. So we we create a man, it's a mandatory thou shall, um, and so in this case, if you're between the ages of sixteen and eighteen, um, or sixteen and seventeen, I should say. Um, you can only get a driver's license if you attend a commercial driver's ed program. So you have to go through a commercial driver's ed program with all the roadblocks that we've seen. Um, And so that creates hurdles and barriers for people. So we're trying to do something alternative to give them another path that's a little bit cheaper, but still make sure we put safe drivers on the road. Yeah. I mean, and in the long run, everybody has to go through a written test and a driving test anyway well, um, exactly before right. they get their license. So yeah. the, the state's the gatekeeper, no matter what, yeah. right? Uh, they're keeping kid, people off the road that aren't safe. You have to take a written test, and then you have to take that practical test. So if you can't drive and you don't know the laws, you're not getting a driver's license in the state of New Hampshire. I trust Motor Vehicle and DMV to, to uh, safety to, to do that. Um, so I, I think, again, just giving an alternative that's better for parents. Yeah, and uh, I think uh, a lot of people would back you on that. But uh, what, what's the hesitation? Why, why hasn't it passed uh, before? Oh, my God. Can, the industry comes out hard against this, yeah. right? Obviously, yeah. right now, they have a captive audience, right? They don't, they don't have to uh, go look for their, um, 
their customers. The customers have to come to them. Right. And so, of course, the industry comes out extremely hard uh, against this bill. Um, screaming safety statistics, which I don't think are accurate. Again, there's that we have other states that don't have mandatory driver's education that have that have statistics showing that it's a it's it's not that is not much of a difference between the two statistics. Um, so of course the industry is my biggest headache. Yeah. Um, safety's been a little bit against it in the Department of Safety, but I think with this new program, I think they're going to be okay. Tim Lang is with us. State Senator Tim Lang, his first term as a senator, served, what, you said three terms in, in the House uh, before that, and uh, enjoying the Senate very much. Uh, no, no doubt about that, uh, along with uh, his colleagues, uh, Howard Pearl in his first term uh, as well, and uh, it, uh, it's, it's uh, you know, a, a great service. I mean, you, you're not making a, a fortune, uh, certainly doing what you're doing, but uh, I, I admire all of you people that, uh, that serve the state for for very very little compensation and it's uh, it's really a full-time job if, if you want it to be no doubt do it right it is yep exactly we'll be back with tim lang right after these words it's kale and company live on wkxl nhtalkradio.com we are presented by northeast delta dental stay with us Welcome back, Kale and Company live here on WKXL, NHTalkRadio.com. State Senator Tim Lang is with us, and uh, if you don't know, Tim was the driving force behind New Hampshire, I believe, becoming the first state in New England to have DraftKings. Well, to have sports betting, yeah, absolutely. Sports betting, yes. So, yep, yeah. so we were one of the first states. We had to go challenge the federal yeah. government in lawsuits because um, they started coming back, giving us a hard time. But uh, we were successful both in a lawsuit and getting be one of the first states in New England. And, and my assumption is that uh, it is going very well. Actually, the numbers are going great. Um, what we were big, the big surprise was we know Massachusetts recently um, legalized, and yep. we were a little concerned that the revenues were going to take a hit, but we didn't see the downturn we expected. So it's been going gangbusters. Yeah, exactly. So uh, it is. It, it's uh, terrific, and uh, I. I Enjoy looking at it at least uh, every day to see what some of the odds are, and uh, <laughs> and, and odds are that I, I will I, I will play it uh, several <laughs> times a week, uh, and uh, not necessarily always win, but I, I don't expect to. Uh, in fact, I told somebody the other day that I had six football parlays uh, this past Sunday. Six, six for a grand total of sixteen dollars. <laughs> so I'm not a big better. But you know there there are some issues out there. I mean, in terms of problem gamblers, is there any any place in New Hampshire for you know the problem gamers? Uh, you know, folks that have difficulty controlling themselves when it comes to betting. Absolutely. So we have the Council for Responsible Gaming, which is created, um, and we put money towards that as part of the revenue structure that comes in and goes to that. So we have solutions, and and it's a big part of uh, the the advertising requirements we have for the uh, for sports betting and for cas uh, our cas charitable casinos is that they they include that advertising into the in their advertising messaging yep. is that hey if you have a problem with gaming here's the number to call here's the solutions we have a self-exclusion process in New Hampshire where you can opt out and then it, it's a real process to get back in um, if you think you have a problem 
Yeah, no, no doubt. Because obviously, with as with uh, alcohol, and uh, uh, you know, there are people who are addicted to it. So uh, there, there's no doubt. Uh, so it's it's good to know that there is a, a service in place that uh, you know at least uh, attempts to deal with uh, folks uh, if they have issues in that regard. But at any rate, not only DraftKings. We, who would have thought in a state where the legislature could never pass a casino gaming bill that we would wind up with 14 charitable casinos in the state of New Hampshire. Absolutely. Again, so again, New Hampshire was interesting. Doing the, the charitable model we have is unique to all 50 states. So we're the only one that has this charitable gaming Really? Model wow. Where we require a certain percentage go to charities. Um, and so it, it's a unique model. We're going through doing some studies right now. Um, but the amount of money we give the charities is pretty incredible. Yeah. Uh, again, it serves a lot of things that otherwise may not get serviced. Uh, Little league teams and and Lions clubs and all these kind of places that do good good uh, program scholarship. There's a uh, one of the, one of them was a center for blind people to help them get dogs. Yeah. Um, that are one of the recipients of charitable gaming funds um, to help blind people get dogs, or seeing eye dogs. Um, and help them with that. So again, a lot of things that necessarily may not be around to help uh, the needy here in New Hampshire now have a place to build funding sources. That is terrific. And funding uh, all kinds of uh, organizations, uh, I mean, uh, Little League teams and, uh, mm-hmm. and and you name it, from all over the state. I often see Little League teams being uh, you know, the, uh, the recipient of some of the funding, but uh, the charities themselves have to, in effect, rent that particular casino for a period of time well so the, by law the charity gets 10 days per year yep. um, and so those and and the operator has to give them 35 percent of the what they call ggr the gross gaming revenue which is mm-hmm. the revenue left after they pay out the winners right um and so the charity gets 35 percent of that revenue they can charge rent Although we have a bill this year to do away with that provision. So they do away with the rental charge. Uh Um, The operators are making enough money at this point, and even they agree they are. And they've agreed to the provision to remove rent as a process. Well, I, I know we are off the air. We were talking about the brook in Seabrook, the old uh, Seabrook Greyhound Park, mm-hmm. where they still have the tote board up in the infield. By the <laughs> way, if you want to see that old tote board at the on the infield in the in the Seabrook, uh, you can still see it. But uh, that, to me, and I haven't seen all fourteen. I've seen several, uh, but that to me is the closest to a what I, I would say would be a a real. Uh, a casino. A commercial a, casino. A commercial yeah. casino, yes. Yeah. That's a better way to put it. Yeah, yeah it's, a, it's a beautiful facility. They put millions of dollars. It, it was bought out by a company out of Mesquite, Nevada. Um, I'm drawing a blank on their name. Um, but an uh, employee-owned company. Yeah. Um, and they put millions of dollars into that facility and made it absolutely gorgeous. Um, beautiful restaurant, beautiful dinner, uh, the food's in good. I've been there a couple times for various events. I got to go meet some uh, nice sports players there. They had the chief out there. Yeah. They had now, Teddy uh, Bruschi was Teddy there. Teddy was just ago. recently yeah. there. Yeah. And so they bring some people out and occasionally I get a note yeah. saying, hey, these guys are going to be here if you want to come. Yeah. Um, and, and entertainment so, as well. Yeah. yeah. And they have a small yeah. entertainment venue yeah. there. Yeah. So again, Man. beautiful place, beautiful facility. 
facility. Um, we, as we were talking, you know, but if you w- drive through the parking lot, you know, 60 yeah. to 75% of the cars that are in that parking lot are out of state. Yeah. They're not from New Hampshire. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Which is, which is fine. We love people uh, coming into our state for uh, any number of reasons. <laughs> you know, really. Uh, and, uh, we, we used to be. Maybe we still are. We used to. I, I used to call it the, the syntax capital of the world. Long before the casinos came along with, uh, you know, uh, cheaper alcohol uh, here, here in New Hampshire and cigarettes, you know, syntax capital of the world uh, with this, and, the, and no sales tax. How can you how can you beat it? And now we got fireworks. And yeah, we've, that, got, <laughs> we've got we've got gambling. Oh. So. The only thing, Tim, the only mm-hmm. thing those casinos are missing and I, and I miss it personally, is uh, video poker. Mm-hmm. There no video poker. Why is that? Not true anymore. Uh, really? Yep. So it's a different version of video poker. You have to have a live dealer. So like you'll sit down yeah. and you'll have a digital hand, but the hand that's being dealt like for the Texas Hold'em and those kind of things are a live person actually dealing cards. Oh, okay. So, so it's I kind mean, of you interesting. Can, you model. can play poker, mm-hmm. but not video poker per se. Yeah, I guess it's your definition of what a video yeah, but, machine is, right? Because <laughs> I'm, I'm not one. I'm not a huge poker player, but I love playing video poker, <laughs> which I think is a lot of fun. I, when I'm in a casino, I would spend most of my time at the video poker machine. Well, you would love my bill last year. I had an online uh, gaming bill. Uh, I that, know you did. That was uh, going to have all the proceeds go to our community college to be yeah. able to create scholarships for citizens. Yeah. So it was, I, I consider the workforce bill that makes gets kids from the from high school into a, a career yeah. uh, really quick. Um, uh, but it didn't make it. I got it out of the Senate. Couldn't get it out of the House. Uh, but we'll be back next year with it. Well, I, I know that in, in many states on, on the uh, DraftKings app, there is a casino uh, a, a part of it as well, where you can play uh, video poker and roulette right. o- online. So I think we're at about 11 states. I could be wrong exactly on that number, but around 11 states that have legalized iGaming yeah. um, in some way, shape, or form that allows for that. Um, and again, you know... It, 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 it's it's an interesting bill. Um, it has a lot of lot of metrics to it as far as you know what are you going to cr- increase the responsible gaming problem we're right. having right? The, right the people with addiction right yeah. what that looks like and how do we deal with that yeah. um, but again my my opinion is right now you can do it. If you really are a poker player and want to play, you're just doing it illegally. And yeah. if these offshore gaming places don't want to pay you out when you win a big jackpot, there's really no place for you to turn. And and I'll I'll, I'll say this too: the uh, New Hampshire Lottery itself uh, has has a site where you can play video games mm-hmm. online for real money. Right. Yeah, yeah, yep, yeah. So, so they have that. Yeah, yeah. so they have that that. Um, it's basically scratch tickets, a version of scratch tickets, but it's Pretty a digital much. on version, much, yeah. right? Yeah. Scratch tickets that they're doing yeah. that you're allowed to do within lottery. Yeah. So the other thing is, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention, because I know you're involved in this as well, uh, marijuana legislation for, for the state. Where does that stand? So I was on the Cannabis Commission this year, this this last couple months. Um, so right now it came out of committee with no recommendation. We went through a 37-page draft bill. Um, and on that last day of the session, I, I was chairing the committee um, and we went through all of it. Um, we had a, we had lots of places we all agreed. 
lots of places, the vast majority of it we all agreed on. Um, there were some provisions we just could not come to agreement that'll have to go in front of a policy committee again. I suspect someone will take that 37-page bill and bring it forward um, and 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 uh, bring that bill forward and see what it looks like. And we'll have to deal with the half a dozen policy issues that we couldn't come to agreement on still. And uh, the, the governor has, has somewhat changed his stance on it over the past uh, couple of weeks. Well, so I don't know that he did. Again, like, you know, one of the issues was the number of stores. Like, when we initially were briefed on it uh, with, with uh, the Liquor Commission coming in, they were anticipating one store for every liquor store, right? one possible cannabis store for every liquor store. The governor came down and said, no, 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 we're going back to where we were in House Bill 1598, which was also a state model from last term, which was 10 stores. Mm. The governor bumped that to 15. But again, you know, I, I don't necessarily disagree with that. It's not the first time we've done that. When we do therapeutic cannabis, we're only allowed eight stores in the entire state. Wow. Um, when we did sports betting, as you were talking about, we're only allowed 10 retail stores. Right. So it's not uncommon for the state to incrementally move into a new business model to see how it plays out. Senator Tim Lang, thank you so much. As always, the time goes by much too quickly. There are always uh, other issues we could get in, in, into, and uh, we'll have you back soon. I appreciate it, Ken. Just one quick shout-out. Yes, out. yes. December 23rd, the Beer Caucus is going to be down at the State Liquor Store on Store Street ringing the kettlebell. So if you want to come by, say hello some legislators that will be uh, donating their time to hang out and ring the kettlebell. Come on down to the Store Street Liquor Store on Saturday the 23rd all day. Oh. All right, very good. I know you'll be there, and Howard, Senator Pearl, and uh, Representative Moffat, I'm sure, will be he there will. <laughs> uh, as well, all part of the, the Beer Caucus. Tim Lang, always a pleasure to have you with us, and uh, appreciate it very much. And that'll do it for this edition of Kale & Company here on WKXL, nhtalkradio.com, presented by Northeast Delta Dental. And remember, folks, always look on the bright side of life. Have a great Thursday, everybody.